Planned Parenthood president says they must reckon with their founder's racist legacy while assuring us they plan to continue her legacy. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki lies to Americans saying their tax dollars don't and won't fund abortions. And an Argentinian pro-abortion leader dies during a legal abortion. We will examine why there will always be a reckoning with lies. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, think you may have noticed we're starting to move to two episodes a week here. Uh, we'll be rolling out a schedule for you guys soon. And uh, let us know uh, if you'd like to see this show live, if you would uh, tune into this live. We're considering uh, moving this in different ways to just reach more people at a very propitious political moment in our country's history with the most pro-abortion administration, but also with an awakening happening in, I believe, the hearts and souls of Americans and of the church, recognizing that their refusal to participate in the public square to seek righteousness and restrain evil has yielded a lot of consequences, so much so that we've been told we don't even have the right to worship. Well, as long as we ignore the right to life of every human being, inalienable, given by God, cannot be taken from us. As long as we ignore that and refuse to protect that right, which starts when we began in the womb, then every other right that flows from that first and most important of all rights will continue to be neglected and ignored. And that's why we're so committed and passionate about defending the right to life of all human beings, necessarily our pre-born neighbors whose natural right to life has been taken from them for nearly 48 years. And these lies about the pre-born, these lies about the current administration, and these lies about Planned Parenthood continue to permeate the culture and are taken as the gospel truth because we have a media that uh, far from reckoning with truth uh, are the biggest proponents and apologists of lies as long as it advances their political agenda. But there will always be a reckoning with lies because truth tends to be self-evident, right? This is the great conservative consolation is that truth always reasserts itself in the end because truth is self-evident. That's why our founder said we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. But the left denies the existence of a objective human nature. They believe that human nature is endlessly malleable and that there's no such thing as an objective truth. So they can just use language to literally create reality by calling killing babies reproductive health care and by calling the, the organization that's the greatest danger to black lives, Planned Parenthood, uh, a defender of black lives and of equity and uh, social justice. And so we're going to get into these lies today because I think more people are waking up to these lies. So much so that you now have the founder of Planned Parenthood, Alexis McGill Johnson, who, if you recall when you listened to the show last year, actually replaced the former president of Planned Parenthood, Leanna Wen, who was only there for nine months. So Planned Parenthood performed a late-term abortion on Leanna Wen and replaced her with Alexis McGill Johnson, I believe a half-black woman, because Leanna Wen was not radical enough. Former Planned, pa Planned Parenthood president wanted to take Planned Parenthood in a, in a position that was more focused on health care and not political advocation because Leanna Wen recognized that Planned Parenthood was developing a negative reputation in the minds of Americans for being political war hawks. And she said, we want to focus just on the health care conversation. Well, Leanna Wen, though she is pro-abortion, was right to recognize the polarizing portrayal 
that Planned Parenthood was developing for themselves in the minds of Americans because of their complicity, particularly in the purchase of dead baby body parts or selling of dead baby body parts to places like Advanced Bioscience Resources and STEM Express in Northern California who were breaking federal law purchasing those dead baby body parts. Leanna Wen recognized that this was very negative for Planned Parenthood. Uh, of course, as Planned Parenthood was teaming up with the Black Lives Matter uh, to uh, avoid the negative PR associated with the fact that they're the greatest danger to black lives. So Planned Parenthood brought in this new woman, Alexis McGill Johnson, who's been at Planned Parenthood now for a little over a year, I believe, as the new president. And she has come out in a New York Times opinion editorial on April 17th, 2021, uh, with the title, I'm the head of Planned Parenthood. We're done making excuses for our founder. Now, this is hilarious because they picked a very interesting time to quote-unquote reckon with the racist legacy and history of Planned Parenthood during a time when Black Lives Matter and Antifa burned down the country and claimed that all of these institutions were rooted in racism. And if something was rooted in racism or had a genesis in racism, it had to be burned to the ground. That's the premise behind the 1619 Project from the New York Times, right? Is that America and who she really is is not represented in 1776 when we became our own country, but is represented in 1619 when the first black slaves hit American shores. That's who we are because that was the representation of who we were. That is more true about us than our founding ideals. So according to the claims of radical leftists like Planned Parenthood and Black Lives Matter, if something begins in evil means, like racism or eugenics, then there is no saving or redeeming that person or institution. It is rotten all the way through and has to be torn down. Well, why not the same for Planned Parenthood? So Planned Parenthood is trying to do this mealy-mouthed approach to dealing with Margaret Sanger, their racist eugenicist founder, who held Adolf Hitler in high regard, and Adolf Hitler held her in, in high regard, rather than calling for the tearing down of Planned Parenthood, as they've done with other quote-unquote racist institutions. They're just trying to get away with saying, we're, we're, okay. we're doing the work, we're working on it. Now, please don't, please don't uh, tell the American public that our founder was a racist and spoke at KKK rallies. So the tagline of this New York Times editorial says, we must reckon with Margaret Sanger's association with white supremacist groups and eugenics. So um, I, I uh, just want to read you some of the lines from this article. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And it just goes to show you the strategy of the radical left and of Planned Parenthood, which is to acknowledge reality to a certain extent, but not to the extent that would force them to change their mind or abandon their positions. Because abandoning their position on abortion, of course, means that they can't continue to profit off of the wholesale slaughter of an entire class of human beings. So she says, we have defended Sanger as a protector of bodily autonomy and self-determination while excusing her association with white supremacist groups and eugenics as an unfortunate, quote-unquote, product of her time. So she says, we're done excusing her um, debase, immoral positions by justifying it under the language of everyone's a product of their time. And she's saying, we need to reckon with the racism and eugenics, eugenics of Margaret Sanger. Now, this is hilarious because if they really wanted to reckon with the eugenics and racism of their founding as an organization, then they would support the pro-life legislation that has attempted to be passed in states all around the country that try to ban abortions which are sought after for racist, sexist, or, or um, disability um, means. For example, Planned Parenthood filed lawsuits with the ACLU just last year in 2020 against Tennessee and Mississippi. 
Tennessee and Mississippi were attempting to pass legislation that would have banned abortions that were sought after because of the sex of the, of the child, the race of the child, or the disability of the child, such as a not fully formed child, a child with missing limbs, or a child with a disability, or a child with Down syndrome in the womb. And so this is exactly what eugenics is, right? Eugenics is attempting to purge humanity of those that the elite class have deemed unfit to live. And usually that has to do with those who are mentally deficient, for Margaret Sanger, with those who she believed were the wrong race, as well as those who were disabled. That's what eugenics has always been. And if Planned Parenthood wanted to reckon with their eugenics history, then they would support pro-life legislation that is being utilized in order to once again enshrine eugenics in America. But of course, they've trot out a lawsuit every time a state tries to protect children with disabilities. She says, we don't know what was in Sanger's heart, and we don't need to in order to condemn her harmful choices. What we have is a history of focusing on white womanhood relentlessly. Whether our founder was a racist is not a simple yes or no question. Our reckoning is understanding her full legacy and its impact. Our reckoning is the work that comes next. Uh, yeah, well, if you wanted to work on reckoning with your complicity and involvement with a racist institution like Planned Parenthood, then you would be philosophically consistent by calling for the tearing down of that institution, just like you have with every other school, statue, or institution in America today that you claim is systemically racist. Many times, and oftentimes, those claims aren't even true. But in the case of Planned Parenthood, those claims actually are true. You actually are systemically racist, root and branch, all the way through. And your organization was founded by a racist and eugenicist who launched the Negro Project in order to control the black population and said, we do not want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population, for goodness sakes. What she means is that we're acknowledging it, right? It's a virtue signaling BS line. We're committed to doing the work, right? So please stop talking about Margaret Sanger, shh, so we can quietly continue her legacy of getting rid of black people while ginning up support amongst black Americans through our lip service to Black Lives Matter. Never forget, in 2019, or 20, early 2019, the former president of Planned Parenthood, Cecile Richards, teamed up with one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Her name was Alicia Garza, one of the other co-founders with um, the woman who's been buying up all the multi-million dollar homes, Patrice Kalur or something like that. Uh, of course, BLM now stands for Buy Large Mansions. Uh, but Black Lives Matter co-founder teamed up with the former president of Planned Parenthood to launch a political action training organization called Supermajority. And the goal of this organization was to raise up and train two million young women to be political abortion activists, to be pro-abortion political activists. So you have the greatest killer and murderer of black lives, the found, the uh, uh, president of that organization ginning up support for what they do, killing unarmed black lives in the womb, it's called uh, womb lynchings, ginning up support for killing unarmed black lives with a group of black women who launched an organization called Black Lives Matter. By the way, that's exactly what Margaret Sanger did. It's almost as if they're doing the same thing by continuing her legacy. No. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean that that was the exact same thing Margaret Sanger was doing? Well, Margaret Sanger ginned up support amongst black pastors for her quote-unquote Negro project to encourage widespread use of birth control 
with the sinister goal of controlling the black population. This was her goal, but she pitched it under compassionate health care, right? Equitable means and language like uh, making sure you don't have too many kids so that you're not uh, financially deprived and not able to support them. And you can read the letter she wrote to Dr. Clarence Gamble where she said, we do not want word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And she said that the black pastor can help sort out those ideas and those thoughts amongst their congregation. Well, Cecile Richards, former president of Planned Parenthood, is doing the same thing. New president of Planned Parenthood, Alexis McGill Johnson, a black woman who oversees the largest slaughter of black lives, says, we will no longer make excuses or apologize for Margaret Sanger's actions, but we can't simply call her racist, scrub her from our history, and move on. We must examine how we have perpetuated her harms over the last century as an organization, an institution, and as individuals. We must examine how we have perpetuated her harms. Um, how about stop doing abortions then? How about stop killing babies? Because you're perpetuating her harms and her goal of decreasing and controlling the black population. She says, by privileging whiteness, we've contributed to America harming black women and other women of color. Uh, yes, you've contributed to harming black women because you disproportionately murder unarmed black women in the womb as you tell their mothers that they're exercising their right to choose. Johnson says, we are committed to confronting any white supremacy in our own organization. <laughs> Again, then tear it all down. Then step down and call your organization racist because you disproportionately target black babies. She says, we pledge to fight the many types of dehumanization we are seeing right now. The dehumanization of black and Latino victims of police violence, such as Adam Toledo, Dante Wright, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and too many others. Yes, too many others, meaning the 360,000 unarmed black lives that are murdered every year in our country through the abortion industry. Yeah, that is too many others to discuss, isn't it? Alexis freaking McGill Johnson, who victimizes and attacks her own race in order to make a lot of money and line her pockets with the blood of the children whose deaths she oversees and celebrates. And she says, we're committed to fighting any dehumanization. Well, then maybe stop dehumanizing the pre-born by calling them an insensate blob of tissue. She says, achieving health equity requires fighting the systemic racism that creates barriers to sexual and reproductive health care. The pandemic has laid bare racial disparities in healthcare. But we also see in who is most affected by increased abortion restrictions and in skyrocketing sexually transmitted disease rates. Okay, what Alexis McGill Johnson is saying here is that the pandemic showed us racial disparities in healthcare and who is most affected by increased abortion restrictions. And Planned Parenthood always says that that's black women who have the hardest time getting abortions, who maybe um, don't have the money to do so, and are um, maybe living further away from access to abortion. And they always use the black community as an example of those who are disadvantaged um, and don't have the same easy access to abortion as other racial classes do. So what she's saying is that the pandemic showed us that black women need more abortions and we're happy to provide the murder of their black children under the mantle of health care. Um, sound racist to you? And she says, Margaret Zanger harmed generations with her beliefs. And this is her last line. In our second century, Planned Parenthood has a chance to heal those harms. <laughs> Reckoning with Margaret Sanger is one thing we also need to reckon with ourselves. 
uh, yes, you do have to reckon with yourself because there will always be a reckoning with lies. And your entire organization is built on a throne of lies which you sit on as you claim that not all humans are persons. We can agree when human life begins. And the baby in the womb is not a baby. In fact, it's not even fully human. The same way that your party and your founder of your organization used to view and discuss black Americans as subhuman and not full persons. Um, sounds like history repeats itself, Alexis McGill Johnson. You know, it's interesting. The left claims, right, that any disparity is evidence of discrimination, right? They always say this, right? They say if, if black women disproportionately die from pregnancy as opposed to other racial classes, that's proof of systemic racism. If, if black America don't have as much representation in colleges or careers, um, that's not a result of individual choices or culture or family upbringing. That's a result of pure blatant racism or sexism. They claim that any disparity is evidence of discrimination. So let's go with that. Let's look at the disparities in abortion amongst black um, Americans and everyone else. And let's maybe, uh, maybe with time we start attributing that discrimination to the very people targeting black women and their children for abortion. There are approximately 360,000 preborn black babies aborted every year in America. That's a thousand a day, a thousand a day. And as you know, Black America accounts for about 13% of the population, right? So that means 6.5% are women. But are all of them of childbearing age? No. So you have about 3% of the American public are black women of childbearing age, 3%. And they obtain between 36 and 40% of the annual abortions. Uh, that is disproportionate by any calculation. And in 2019, there were 576,685 black babies born. I ended up taking the 10-year average. I took the black babies born every year from 2010 to 2019. I added it up and I divided it by 10. So the 10-year average median of black babies born every year is 584,441. So just a little under 600,000. But there are roughly 40, so roughly 40% of black pregnancies end in abortion because 360,000 preborn black babies are aborted every year and about 6,000 black babies are born every year. So round up to about a million black pregnancies every year and nearly 40% of black pregnancies end in abortion. That is, that is horrifically disproportionate and more so than any other racial class. Well, that's a disparity, right? And for a time, more babies in New York were being aborted than born, and that was specifically true of black babies. In 2008, black women had abortions at a rate 3.4 times higher than white women, 3.4 times higher than white women. And over their lifetime, black women average 1.6 more pregnancies than white women, but are five times more likely to have a pregnancy that ends in abortion. Well, of course, the left always says that these disparities are evidence of the, the trickle-down effects of systemic racism in America. But that claim can't really be made since we weren't seeing the same levels of abortions in the black community even shortly after slavery ended. It only got worse later. So that claim obviously cannot be defended as intellectually tenable. How about we start assuming and making the case that these disparities are evidence of discrimination, the discrimination perpetrated by white racists like the former president of Planned Parenthood, Cecile Richards, and the entire Democratic Party that calls the nearly 400,000 black babies lynched in the womb every year reproductive health care and reproductive justice. 
Here's real discrimination for you. 79% of Planned Parenthood surgical abortion facilities are located within walking distance of majority black neighborhoods, according to a study by Protecting Black Life. So nearly 80% of Planned Parenthood surgical abortion facilities are put so that black women can walk to it or ride their bike to those clinics because Planned Parenthood knows where the disproportionate amount of their income comes from black women of childbearing age. Just to show you exactly how committed Planned Parenthood is to continuing Margaret Sanger's racist legacy of controlling the black population and encouraging them to castrate themselves through chemically castrating drugs or um, uh, kill their own children through abortion, there's this tweet from Planned Parenthood a while back, and I have to show this to you. It was actually a Planned Parenthood black community Twitter account, which makes it worse. It means that these are black individuals who, are, who have adopted the racist lies of uh, white abortionists and white abortion industry workers who have convinced them that the best thing for themselves and their racial class in America is to push abortions. And Planned Parenthood tweeted this out a couple years ago. Here's what it says. If you're a black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or give birth. Hashtag scary stats. So they're, they're telling black women in America, if you really care about yourself, your health, your life, and your own family, because we want you to be around and you need to make healthcare decisions that reflect your own interests and those of your family, if you care about you and your family, every time you get pregnant, you should have an abortion. That, that would be what would follow from that tweet because it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry your child to term and give birth. In which case, always get an abortion if you're a pregnant black woman, right? Because you don't want to risk your own life by going through childbirth. And this is what they say. They, they say the maternal mortality rate is higher amongst black women. And that's evidence of the trickle-down effect of systemic racism and the GOP are racist. Therefore, all Republicans are racist, so give Democrats more power. The very party that has found a new class of human beings that they call non-persons, pre-born children. Isn't that a gnarly tweet? Unbelievable. So they're, they're taking all of these stats that they understand about where the disproportionate amount of their abortion industry money comes from and they're, they're tailoring their message towards that community, black women of childbearing age. So much for reckoning with your racist eugenicist founding. So next, we're going to get to a little bit more of this. We're going to get to uh, more of these lies about how pregnancy uh, and giving birth is actually more dangerous than um, abortion itself. And we're going to get to Jen Psaki uh, refusing to reckon with lies and lying to the American public that their tax dollars don't fund abortions. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars and the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted and uh, consider becoming a patron of the show. Check out our tiers. We have some really fun ones. They give you perks and kind of rewards as a thank you for supporting the show. Like Sassy Since Conception, you'll get a private video chat small group once a month with me and other people. Life Defender, Pro-Life Apologist, Bane of Choice, Abolitionist, and the big one, the baby's thank you, which um, if you support us at that level, I'll fly to your city, give a talk to anyone you put me in front of, and, uh, um, and we'll, we'll reach people for life. So consider doing that. That helps us expand the reach of the show, move to more content, as well as begin creating conversational content on college campuses to put these ideas in a conversational format Put this on social media as long as we can exist there to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. So consider doing that. Thanks so much. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome 
back to the show, guys. Well, we're going to get to more of these lies, which is really what the entire Democratic Party and the abortion industry is built upon. Lies about the pre-born, uh, lies about the history of America, and lies about the pro-life movement, who are the true defenders of human equality, who are the modern-day abolitionists, who believe that all humans are persons. And, but, you know, when, you, when you're a defender of lies, because truth tends to be self-evident, you have to use language to make those lies sound more palatable to the American public, to sound like a good thing. And this is what the left has always done, right? They've used language to manipulate reality. And you see this play out in what we today call political correctness. And political correctness is very deadly and dangerous because it corrupts one's ability to think clearly about reality. Political correctness involves the manipulation of language of what types of words and phrases are acceptable um, and is used oftentimes to describe heinous things as just equitable things, right? And this is what we today call euphemisms. That's when you call beating your wife spousal care, right? It's when you call slavery plantation care. And it's when you call killing babies in abortion reproductive health care. Well, Jen Psaki is very gifted at this. Um, obviously, her, her first uh, language is the language of leftism, and her second language is English. And that becomes uh, blatantly clear when she's forced to use the English language to reflect reality rather than her leftist linguists and linguistics. Well, recently, she lied to the American public after being questioned regarding the Biden administration's um, restoration of a certain amount of tax funding to Planned Parenthood under Title X family planning that the Trump administration had removed. According to Live Action News on April 15th, in May of 2018, the Trump administration instituted a controversial rule change which required any entity receiving Title X family planning funding to separate its abortion-related services from family planning services, both fiscally and physically. Planned Parenthood chose to walk away from the program instead, giving up approximately $60 million in funding. This week, the Biden-Harris administration released its proposed change to the rule, which would rescind all pro-life changes made by the Trump administration. So Planned Parenthood, rather than keeping $60 million a year by separating their abortion services from their family planning services, they said, nope, we can't do that because we care about abortions first and foremost. That's what we push at every clinic, and there's no way we can separate them. So they got rid of all that funding. The article continues at Live Action, says, in reference to this, right, in a press um, hearing, EWTN's Owen Jensen questioned White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki about the Biden administration's efforts on multiple fronts, including Title X and the Hyde Amendment, to force taxpayers to fund abortion. And he asked Jen Psaki, why does the Biden administration insist that pro-life Americans pay for abortions and violate their conscience? And I want to play this clip for you. I want, to see, I want you to see exactly how Jen Psaki is gifted in the dance of, less, of leftist linguistics as she does, contorts herself into euphemistic pretzels in order to avoid the question because the vast majority of the American public believes we should not be forcing Americans to fund abortions, particularly if it goes against their consciences and their moral beliefs. So check out this clip. Why does the Biden administration insist that pro-life Americans pay for abortions and violate their conscience. Well, first, that's not an accurate depiction of what happened. So let me, and I know we want to be accurate around here. Uh, none of the funds appropriated under this title shall be used in programs where abortion is a method of family planning. That is written into the Public Health Service Act, and it specifically states that. But we know that 
indirect subsidies, money that's fungible, that can't be traced. We know that. Come on. That is not how it works. That is the law. So I'm stating what the law is and how it is implemented legally by these organizations. Well, there you go. Jen Psaki completely avoiding the question, saying la, 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 sticking your head fully in the sand and denying the existence of reality and of self-evident truth. Let me tell you why Owen Jensen's question is entirely self-evident. You heard him respond to Jen Psaki by saying, come on, indirect subsidies, money is fungible, it can't be traced, we know that, come on, right? He says, come on, Jen, you're not this stupid. Of course, she does know that, she knows she's lying, so she's just gonna have to circle back and avoid the question by saying, no, that's not accurate, but not explaining why it's not accurate. Let me explain to you exactly how this happens. When we fund Planned Parenthood at the tune of $600 million a year, and then we tell them, don't use the money on abortions, okay? Just don't use it on abortions. And then we tell the American public, see, your money doesn't fund abortions because of the Hyde Amendment, which keeps your federal dollars from funding abortions. It's all chill. Don't worry, though. We told Planned Parenthood not to spend it on abortions. Let me, let me ask you something. Let, let's say your, your teenager wanted to buy an Xbox and a new bicycle. Okay, and he had $200 and he needed $400 to get both. And then you gave him $200 and you said, this money is for the bike. Don't spend it on the Xbox, okay? And now he has $400 and he buys both. Which $200 did he spend on the Xbox or the bike? I don't know. I, you freed him up to get both. Money is fungible. You throw it in a big bowl and then you can just move it around and use it on whatever you want. And it frees up other funds to be able to use to continue pushing abortions. That's what he means when he says money is fungible. Come on, it can't be traced. We all know that. Jen Psaki says, no, that's not accurate. So she's completely lying to the American public. A par for the course for those who believe it's okay to kill babies in the womb. Listen, if you can defend the murder of a pre-born baby in his or her mother's womb through point of birth, and this party can't even get on board with protecting the lives of babies after they're born alive during botched abortions, then a lie is significantly less problematic. Significantly less problematic than defending the killing of innocent human beings. So anytime the party of death lies to you and smiles as they do it, you should not be Surprise. Well, this exchange continues, and Owen Jensen asked Jen Psaki how we can advance equity by funding abortions, which disproportionately targets black babies, fulfilling Planned Parenthood and their founder, Margaret Sanger's dream of less black people. Watch the rest of this clip. The reason I, though, since you gave me the opportunity, uh, the reason why the president took these steps is because uh, he believes that uh, advancing equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality can be helped by these actions and by focusing on advancing equity in the Title X program, we can create opportunities for the improvement of communities that have been historically underserved, which benefits everyone. That's how these fundings are used in communities. You talk about equity, if I may interrupt. Mm -hmm. How is it equity, how is it fighting systemic racism when abortion, we well know, disproportionately affects minority children? Again, funding cannot be used from this for abortion, but access to health care. 
uh, access to healthcare in communities and communities that have been marginalized, underserved, adversely affected by persistent poverty is always going to be something the president fights for. Okay, I, I think I've answered your question. Alex. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I think I answered your question, meaning I don't want you to challenge me anymore because I look like a fool because truth tends to be self-evident and I'm currently have sand in my mouth because that's how far my head has been into the sand denying the existence of truth and reality. And she defends the res restoration of $60 million to Planned Parenthood a year under the language of equity, right? She's saying underserved, impoverished, and underprivileged communities, who are they talking about usually? Black America, which obtains a disproportionate amount of abortion. She's saying this funding actually helps those individuals by helping them get access to abortion. And Jensen blows the cover off of her bigotry by saying, how is it equity and fighting systemic racism when abortion disproportionately affects minority children? And good on him for using the word children, preborn children, minority children who are killed through abortion. How is it equity to say, we want to fund more abortions for black America because they need it more, so we help them kill their own children by reimbursing them for abortions through Medicaid with your tax dollars. Whoa, what a bunch of linguistic gymnastics. The Democratic Party is as much the racist arm of Planned Parenthood as Planned Parenthood is the racist arm of the Democratic Party. It's a vicious circle. They just go round and round and round trying to prove to the other who's more racist and helping the other people accomplish Margaret Sanger's dream of less black people, right? The, the black population has been flatlined for, for decades now because of abortion. I believe over 10 million um, black babies, over 10 million black babies have been killed through abortion since 1973. And the black population would be a significant, significantly greater uh, portion of the entire population if it weren't for abortion. You know, the uh, you know, black leftists and white liberals who defend abortion always say, we need greater representation of black people in every institution. Well, you'd have that probably already if you weren't murdering all of them and telling them that they need abortion in order to accomplish true equity and true justice. And we know that the tax funding of Planned Parenthood does equal more abortions, which disproportionately affects black America. So I, the, the, the common thread between the most recent breaking news from the Democratic Party and the Planned Parenthood, but I repeat myself, is that through funding more abortions, because they say that they're helping black America, they're actually only helping fulfill the legacy of Margaret Sanger, which was to get black American leaders on board to pitch birth control to decrease the black population. Well, now they, they, they push and celebrate controlling the black population, not just through birth control, but through abortions, which are used as a form of birth control. Um, but here's a graph, um, which uh, take numbers taken from Planned Parenthood, Alliance Defending Freedom, and the American Life League, showing the increase of abortions performed by Planned Parenthood next to the increase in tax funding over the decades to Planned Parenthood. And it's almost a direct line side by side going up the whole way, showing that as Planned Parenthood receives more tax funding, they increase their abortions. I mean, this should just kind of be a duh. Right? Once you have $600 million more million a year for political advocation, for health care services, for opening up new clinics, for hiring more staff, um, for pushing sexual education in local communities and schools as a sales funnel so that 
students start having sex, or they have to come in to get checks, or then they have to come in to get abortions if the birth control fails. All of that makes sense when you have that much more money to push abortions. But there will always be a reckoning with these lies, because a lie cannot live forever. It's built on false ideas, false premises, and in this case, bigotry, and will be acknowledged as such. And that's why the vast majority of the American public, even those who are pro-choice, don't support requiring Americans to fund abortions. Next, we're going to get to more of these lies about how abortion is safer than pregnancy from a tragic story, but a story that is self-evident, should make sense if you celebrate abortion and call it reproductive health care. And that is about an Argentinian pro-life leader dying during a legal abortion. But first, if you want to enjoy this show visually to see me, to watch the media that we play for you, and to watch this on YouTube, then head on over to YouTube and subscribe at Seth Gruber, A Voice for the Unborn, and hit subscribe and click the notification bell so you don't miss a single episode. Listen, as long as I'm able to exist on these digital platforms and fly under the radar of the technocrats at Google, then I'm going to do so because we want to reach as many people as possible with the truth about life and the bigotry of abortion. And as you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, and we want to saturate these markets, and we want your help to do that to reach more people with the truth. So head on over to YouTube and subscribe. And subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. It really helps us, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, guys. So I want to cover one more thing with you today. Um, tragic news coming out of Argentina, but you know, or uh, if I said it right, but it's, it makes a lot of sense when you consider the reality of abortion, that um, abortion is not safe. And so this Argentinian pro-abortion leader who was integral in recently legalizing abortion in um, her country chose to exercise her reproductive health care and tragically died during a legal abortion. I want to read to you a little bit from this article. After Argentina legalized abortion, the abortion activist's death is the first recorded since the pro-abortion law was passed at the end of 2020. And you might remember some of the scenes and footage of pro-abortion activists and quote-unquote feminists filling in the streets of uh, Argentina celebrating, screaming for abortions and getting their way. According to this article, Spanish-language media reported last Sunday that radical pro-abortion supporter Maria de Valle González López died during what she labeled her dream, dream abortion operation. She was 23 years old and was the leader of the radical youth in the La Paz municipality in the province of Mendoza. Her death has sparked a fierce debate about abortion in Argentina and led for calls for women to know that the procedure can sometimes carry serious risks. On April 11th, the woman underwent a legal abortion procedure in a local hospital. The operation turned out to be fatal for her. The fact came as a shock to the public as this was the first recorded death following the approval of the country's controversial pro-abortion bill passed on December 30th, 2020, which legalized abortion in some cases. Previously, abortion was illegal in the predominantly Catholic country. Dr. Luis Durand, an Argentinian surgeon, told ACI Prensa journalists that while some believe that the death of the young woman could have occurred due to some misconduct, in reality, abortion is not a medical practice. Just a few months ago, it was a crime under Argentinian law. In the case of abortion, the death of the child is always brutal. It is burned through injecting substances into the uterus, or it is removed through dismemberment, or it is subjected to extreme uterus spasms, which asphyxiate it. 
Durand added that an injection or sepsis may appear in women who take the drug misoprostol when doctors fail to completely extract the child and his or her remains linger in the woman's uterus. This is why it is a false premise to believe that such a procedure is truly safe, he said. Some are pointing to what they believe is a double standard in the case. Pro-life leader Guadalupe Batalin posted the following entry on her Twitter account on Monday, writing, If Maria had died as a result of an abortion carried out in the abortion underground, meaning back alley illegal abortions, the feminists would have raised the town. But since Maria died as a result of a legal abortion, her death has been erased. Despite what many women believe, the pro-life leader says there is no such thing as a safe abortion. You know, you'll hear the pro-abortion movement often say that, that even one death from an illegal abortion is too many. That's why they say that we, can, we have to keep illegal and we can never go back to the time when abortion was illegal and women were dying in the thousands from illegal back alley abortion clinics, which was an entirely false figure created out of thin air by pro-abortion activists and abortionists who later admitted that they invented those figures, namely Bernard Nathanson. But they say even one death from an illegal abortion is too many, and that's why we have to keep it legal. Well, what about one death from a legal abortion? What about multiple deaths from legal abortions? Are those too many for you? No, and they ignore them, and the media never covers them. And this is why if you want to research the stories of women who hemorrhage during abortions, who die during legal abortions, you have to go to pro-life blogs, sometimes Fox News, or conservative publications like National Review because the mainstream media will never cover it. Well, I guess the women who die from legal abortions, their lives don't really matter, huh? Because it runs counter to the narrative you want to push, which is that abortion is safe, should remain legal, and ought to remain celebrated. Well, not for the dead women who died from legal abortions or their families. So we're reckoning with the lie that abortion is safe and even safer than childbirth, right? That's what is the assumption being pushed here, is that we needed to legalize abortion in Argentina because women were dying from illegal back alley abortions. And this is the lie that continues to be pushed by the abortion industry and abortion rights activists when they say that if you really care about equity, if you care about the lives of black America who disproportionately, they say, need abortions, uh, then you have to support keeping it legal. This is why the Planned Parenthood black community tweeted out that abortion is uh, safer than childbirth, hashtag scary stats, encouraging black women to always kill their children through abortion because it's safer than childbirth. So we need to debunk this lie once and for all, and we've debunked this a little bit with Dr. Brent Bowles on the program before, but let me just dive into it briefly so you understand why this is such a lie and must be reckoned with by the pro-abortion movement if they claim to care about the lives of women, particularly of black women, who will disproportionately die from legal abortions because they disproportionately obtain abortions. The stat that women are 14 times less likely to die from abortion than childbirth is often cited, and it's a study they claim they, that found that abortion is 14 times safer than childbirth, and it's based on what is known as the Raymond and Grimes paper published in 2012. But the statistical foundation for this paper is useless. Maternal mortality statistics are collected in all 50 states as mandated by law and reported to the CDC and include any death of a woman from any cause from the time her pregnancy test is positive until six weeks after the delivery 
and is reported as the number of deaths per 100,000 live births. The data on maternal mortality is much more solid and consistently reported by all states. But abortion mortality, right, when reported, only includes direct causes. Also, because abortions are performed on pregnant women, when they die as a result of the abortion, it is also reported as a maternal mortality and is thus counted in both categories, as a maternal mortality and an abortion mortality. So it's already skewing the statistics. So abortion reporting is not consistent at all. Four states do not report any information on abortion to the CDC. And 22 states do not report abortion complications. And those 28 that do require it cannot enforce the requirement. So you just have a statistical black hole when it comes to abortion mortality. There is no reason to believe that the numbers of abortion deaths are accurately known and no reason to accept a conclusion such as theirs in this paper when there is no data, this, this claim that, that abortion is 14 times safer than childbirth. To have accurate abortion death rates, you would have to have a system that links records for pregnancy treatments, including abortion, to death certificates. That currently is not done on a national basis in this country. A study of 173,279 records for low-income women in California did do that exactly, though, and found that abortion is not 14 times safer than childbirth, but that in low-income women in California, abortion is associated with a 1.62 increase in relative risk of death as compared to non-abortive women. This data was available at the time that this Raymond and Grimes paper was written, but was purposely excluded. Again, the paper saying abortion is 14 times safer than childbirth. However, countries in Europe, such as Finland, actually have a centralized records system, and studies have been done there using a method that links death certificates to treatments for pregnancy. And more than six papers have been published about that, and they all found an elevated risk of mortality from abortion as compared to mortality from delivery, as high as fourfold, meaning that, that risk, for risk for mortality from abortion is, could be four times higher than risk for mortality from delivery. Now, this should be self-evident, right? If you're not a woke leftist addicted to confirmation bias <laughs> and the mainstream media, then it should be self-evident to you, right, that going through the natural God-ordained process of childbirth is safer than forcibly dilating your uterus, your cervix, sticking a vacuum up your birth canal trying to not rip through the uterine lining, or if the baby's too developed to fit through a vacuum, sticking up forceps through her birth canal as you try not to rip through the uterine lining in order to puncture her amniotic sac to tear her child into pieces, or to take uh, chemicals which uh, cut off the hormone progesterone and starve your baby to death, uh, kill it in the womb, and then another pill to force your uterus to have contractions abnormally so that you uh, deliver your dead baby in the toilet. Um, through the abortion pill. It should be self-evident to Americans that that would be naturally more dangerous than the natural process of childbirth. But of course, um, these lies have not been reckoned with 
by the Democratic Party in the abortion industry and the mainstream media. In fact, they're completely ignored because the truth, which tends to be self-evident, can't be given a platform because if it is, Americans who recognize truth as self-evident might change their mind and not give Democrats more power to continue killing preborn babies. All studies which can be found that have linked data in this manner, in the ways that these countries in Europe have, have shown that abortion is more likely to cause death than childbirth, duh. Researcher David Reardon, PhD, wrote a rebuttal to the Raymond and Grimes article and sent that rebuttal to Obstetrics and Gynecology, the journal that published the Raymond and Grimes paper that claimed that abortion was 14 times safer than childbirth. And they refused to run his rebuttal, and he had to go elsewhere to get it published. So lest you think that the uh, Obstetrics and Gynecology Journal is um, uh, politically neutral, you can set aside that silly belief. In his critique, David Reardon noted that a CDC physician, Dr. Julie Louise Gerbringding, uh, uh, wrote in July of 2004 that maternal mortality rates and abortion mortality rates are conceptually different and are used by the CDC for different public health purposes. Raymond and Grind's paper treat the two statistical measures as if they are the same, and they are not. Therefore, their comparison is invalid in every way. There, I think we have sufficiently debunked the claim that abortion is safer than childbirth, Planned Parenthood, that it's safer than childbirth, uh, obstetrics and gynecology journal, using complete crap numbers and statistics in order to primarily encourage you to get more abortions. Black America, 3% of the American public who obtained 36 to 40% of the annual abortions, continuing the eugenics and racism of Margaret Sanger, far from reckoning with their legacy, Planned Parenthood's president, the entire organization, the Democratic Party, and the abortion industry are furthering her legacy in a way she could have never dreamed of or imagined in her dizziest daydreams by controlling the black population and flatlining their birth rate for decades and using abortion now as a form of birth control because they recognize where a disproportionate amount of their income comes from. That's not equity. That's not justice. That's not Black Lives Matter. But truth will win out because lies will be exposed as lies because truth tends to be self-evident and we will always reckon with lies eventually. This is the great conservative and pro-life consolation that reality always reasserts itself in the end. And when it does, it slaps you in the face. And when truth slaps you in the face, you do well to turn the other cheek, thank reality for slapping you and welcome them back into your life. Because if we don't live in reality, we live in fantasy. And if we live in fantasy, not only will we harm ourselves, but we will harm the least and most vulnerable vulnerable among us with mealy-mouthed leftist fantasies and promises that only wreak more damage and havoc than truth and equity. And it's about time that we, the church in America and common sense Americans, reckon with reality and truth and force the rest of the country to do so too. And that starts with the right to life, because if you don't get the right to life right, you won't get any other rights right. Well, thanks for joining me today, guys. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Really helps us reach more people, and we really appreciate it. If you want to learn more and engage with me online, then head on over to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in babyboyer.com to sign up for my newsletter, to view my speaking schedule if you want to hear me speak live and local, or to book me for a future event. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs>